Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast. Now we're just Friday, August 7th, 2020. Two days after not having an episode uploaded, I do apologize for that. I did have family over and really couldn't find a good source of time in my schedule to get a show for you guys in the last couple of days, but it's all right. We're live. We're here. Everything's all good. And we are here to discuss yet another round-robin victory for the Vegas Golden Knights, a 6-4 to win over the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, setting up a winner-take-all game on Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. Hope you all are having a good Friday. Hope you all are having a good end to your work week. I'm Danny Webster. I'm your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will break down Vegas' win over St. Louis and we will get you ready for Saturday's game against Colorado. Now, as it pertains to that round-robin crossover episode that uh, I had done the first part for on, I believe it was Tuesday, obviously with the schedule being that it was, uh, we were not a- I was not able to get the last bit of it uploaded uh, to the network uh, for the, the, at least the two-day gap that we had between games. And obviously, we're not going to be able to get the whole rest of the show uploaded because the fact that tomorrow is the last round robin game, there's really no point in doing that. But I will link the episodes that were uploaded from Locked on Avalanche into the description. So if you do want to hear that, you can go ahead and listen to that show. But as it pertains to the Golden Knights playing these round robin games, two games, two very different results. And I think the way to look at this Blues game is, simply put, it's how the Golden Knights want to play. For 60 minutes, the Golden Knights put on really an offensive clinic. In the first period, they could not get anything past Jordan Bennington. He was a brick wall that was not going to be taken down very lightly. He stopped literally everything. I think Vegas had about three odd man rushes. There were a couple of instances on Vegas's first power play in which they almost scored. They pretty much peppered Bennington with every possible shot that they could, and yet St. Louis's young goaltender was up to the task. Stopped all 13 shots that Vegas threw at him. And again, he stopped about three different two-on-ones and a couple of vicious one-timers that definitely should have been goals. You look at that, and then you see that St. Louis only took one shot to beat Marc-Andre Fleury on the very first shot for St. Louis of the game, of course by David Perron, because who else would it be under these circumstances? David Perron scores, the puck goes off McNabb's stick, Fleury loses it, it's one nothing St. Louis after one, and then we get to a very weird second period, to which at then I didn't think anybody knew how the game was going to go. It, it teetered from St. Louis taking a 2 nothing lead on Colton Pareko's first of two goals a minute 45 in, And then Vegas goes on a run of three unanswered, led by two goals from Alex Tuck, one on the power play, one at even strength, and both of them coming in front of the net, which is exactly where you want your potential X factor to be. You want big man number 89 in front of the net, wreaking havoc on goalies. And that's exactly what he did in both of his goals, making life tough on Bennington in the second period. Shea Theodore also had a goal in the power play. His goal was the first one in the game to get Vegas on the board. And again, with both goals from Tuck, it's 3-2 just like that. And then two goals in 21 seconds, one from Pareko, one from Troy Brower. 
4-3, all of a sudden, St. Louis has the lead. And at that point, if you're a Golden Knights fan, you're wondering, well, if this is the way the game is going to go, we're expecting another overtime, right? Well, here's a tale of two third periods, if you want to look at it from this way. The Golden Knights trailed 3-1 to one on Monday against Dallas. And the third period, I thought, was probably their best period of the entire season. Just the way that they were able to establish themselves on the forecheck. They dominated Dallas in the third period. Completely shut them out. Didn't Really couldn't get anything going offensively while Vegas made its run of four unanswered goals in the third period. Thursday was a little bit different. They were, without a doubt, completely dominant over the Blues. They held the Blues without a shot for the first 16 minutes of the third period. And Vegas capitalized by establishing themselves on the forecheck, getting into the offensive zone, and crisp passing from everyone involved. Zach Whitecloud scored his first career goal to tie the game at four. Mark Stone doing Mark Stone things by potting in a wonderful pass from Brady McNabb from the left circle. The puck did go off Justin Falk's skate, but it landed right to Mark Stone. He potted it in. It's 5-4. Vegas is the lead. They have all the momentum. And then Shea Theodore with his second goal of the game. Uh, pretty much a very easy shot. I don't know if Bennington just lost the puck or Chandler Stevenson set one hell of a screen. No matter how you look at it, Shea Theodore had a goal. And the Golden Knights won 6-4, to four, giving them four points in round-robin play. And once again, setting up a winner-take-all matchup with the Avalanche on Saturday for the Western Conference's number one seed. Now... Obviously, a lot to like in that game if you're a Golden Knights fan. You love the third period. For the second game in a row, the third period was spectacular. And normally, when you're talking about the Golden Knights, the third period and making comebacks like that, they're not synonymous. They have been synonymous for basically the last, really the last, even going back to the regular season, the last couple of months of actual hockey play. The way Vegas has been able to put the pedal to the metal in the third period and put pressure on teams to hold their leads has been completely impressive. The way they shut down St. Louis. I I, I mean, that that's again, they're the defending Stanley cup chance for a reason, folks. It's not like this is a team that is just coming in, just scraping from the bottom. They were the top of the West at the, at the pause, they're the defending champs to hold them to no shots for 16 minutes. And to win that game as convincingly as they did, that is the kind of effort that you look at at the Golden Knights, and that's why you see so many people picking them to win a Stanley Cup. Because if they can put together a performance like that for the first 40 against St. Louis, where they peppered Bennington, did everything they could, and then finally in the third period, the dam broke through, they completely clogged the neutral zone, St. Louis couldn't get anything going. If they can put that together for an entire 60 minutes, there's no reason to think this team can't go far in the playoffs which I know is easier said than done, but when you watch that team play the way that they did, you understand how good they can be. Now, to the flip side of that, I don't want to turn this into a whole goalie debate thing. I'm not going to do it because there's no sense in doing it. Marc-Andre Fleury stopped 12 of 16 shots. Now, notice I said that that the Blues had 16 shots. They scored on 12 of them. I'm not going to say every goal was Fleury's fault, There were a couple of them that were like, eh, I don't know, especially the third and fourth goals. 
I mean, you can't do anything about the first one. Again, the puck went off McNabb's stick from Perron's shot. You can't do anything about that, especially if you, you can't control a bouncing puck, basically is what I'm saying. You also cannot blame Flurry for another turnover in the Vegas zone, which leads Colton Pareko to lead basically a three-on-one all in front of Flurry, and all he's got to do is roof it. Like, there's nothing you can do there. The third and fourth goals, you might be able to put on Flurry, especially why Flurry is getting so far out of the crease like that. His skate gets caught on the post, and he just he can't get over in time. Pareko had about, you know, 35 years to get that wraparound going, and he finally got it through. Like, that, that was bad. And then the last one, again, the puck goes off Nick Holden. The puck finds its way to Troy Brower, and he just rips one from the left circle. Flurry just did not have enough good reaction time to get over it. I mean, you look at that and you're and you be like, okay, if you want to really have a legitimate gripe over why Robin Leonard probably should have played that game, maybe that's it. But at the end of the day, if the Golden Knights are going to make a run, it's going to come down to the goaltending. And when you get into the playoffs, if you're rotating goalies like Pete DeBoer might potentially do heading into the playoffs, you're going to need both goaltenders. Now, the stats won't look good on either one of Leonard or Flurry when it comes to goals against and you know all that jazz. Flurry, he should have had more help. He absolutely should have had more help than he did. The, the, really, the final score should have been five to two. If we're going to be really honest, the final score should have been five to two. The way that Vegas dominated that game for most of it, St. Louis should not have had any business even being in that game. And again, that goes along the same lines as how Vegas played St. Louis in the previous two wins at T-Mobile. There should have been absolutely no way why St. Louis was in this game, but they were, but Vegas did just enough offensively to get to Bennington and put enough goals on the board to win. Now, obviously, I think Vegas would like to not have to put up six goals every game, if that means giving up four. But that's the kind of track meet that could be expected when the Golden Knights face the Avalanche tomorrow. And to me, that's two completely different styles of play. You go from a heavy team to St. Louis that really sometimes doesn't play like they're heavy, but they are a heavy team. Going against Colorado, that top line, that depth, that defense is going to be a very tough challenge for the Golden Knights and we are going to look ahead to Vegas and Colorado in just a little bit but first you gotta talk about rockauto.com of course we gotta talk about rockauto.com why shouldn't we talk about the family-owned business that's been running for at least 20 years and has been providing great customer service for all your auto parts needs and again you could be looking for something like a taillight you could be looking for something for like carpet or anything pertaining to your car that you cannot find in a regular auto parts store rockauto.com has got you covered and all you got to do when you go into the box that says how did you hear about us you typed in locked on the guys will take care of you rockauto.com that's r-o-c-k-a-u-t-o.com all the parts your car will ever need rock auto and as a special reminder to you all to you friends listening if you'd like to follow the show on twitter you can do so at locked on vgk you can follow me on twitter at danny webster 21 if you want to send an email locked on golden at gmail.com is the place to do that so looking forward to hearing any and all feedback or any questions 
you guys might have. Now let's look ahead to tomorrow, because obviously I don't think we're going to be able to get to a show on Saturday. Anything that pertains to Saturday will go on Monday's show. But we do need to get you ready for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche in the winner-take-all round-robin game for the Western Conference. Now, it's going to be very interesting how this game plays out, and it's going to play out for a multitude of reasons. Number one, the Golden Knights want the number one seed. For as much as we've talked about these round-robin games being glorified scrimmages, which, I mean, you can make the case, especially on the Eastern side, that could be the case. For all the talk of that, the Golden Knights have made it clear they want the number one seed. Pete DeBoer has kind of ingrained it in his players' minds that they want the number one seed. They want what could be described as the easiest path to to get to the Stanley Cup final. Now, given the fact that all these games are on neutral ice, and given the fact that the Golden Knights are really just, they're great, but they don't have the home ice advantage per se. They have the, you know, the uh, the advantages of having home ice advantage without actually having the home ice. Is it really going to matter if they're the number one seed? At the end of the day, we're not going to know until we get to the actual Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, if everything goes according to plan, if everything goes to chalk as we expected, because by this time right now, the New York Islanders have moved on to the playoffs. The Nashville Predators and the Arizona Coyotes are currently playing right now. If everything goes to chalk right now, and the Golden Knights win tomorrow, and the Chicago Blackhawks win tonight, it'll be the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which, number one, bonkers. Number two, while Vegas has played Chicago very, very well in nearly every game that they played, it's a whole different animal when you're talking about championship pedigree and you're talking about just the understanding and the willingness to win, which Chicago has. So it's not going to be a cakewalk if it ends up being Vegas and Chicago. There are so many different possibilities of who Vegas could play as the one seed or as the two seed. So depending on who you want Vegas to play, I don't think it really matters because there's really not going to be any distinct home ice advantage. As we've seen through you know, the production side of the NHL, which has been fantastic, we're not getting the actual home versus road team that we all thought we were going to get. But that that's a completely different topic. Back to the Avalanche, though. In the two games that Vegas played Colorado in this year, both of them, the one on Nevada Day and the other one two days before Christmas. So both of those games, not coached by Peter DeBoer, and both of those games did not have Robin Letter in net. Vegas got their ass kicked. And, and, I, and I say that... There, there's no other way to put that. I could say Vegas got whooped. I could say Vegas got mollywhopped. No, Vegas straight up got their asses kicked in that game, in both of those games, allowing 13 goals in two games from Colorado. And the scary part of it was none of those games had Colorado's top line dominating. There was barely any action from Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, or Miko Rantanen. There was no action. The top line did not have to do a thing. It was Pierre-Edouard Belmar, former Golden Knight great, and basically the rest of the bottom six and the defense, really, of the avalanche that took the Golden Knights to the woodshed. Colorado is scary. 
And I, and I said it on the crossover pod that I did with the guys at Lock, the guys at Locked On Stars, and Chris of Locked On Avs. I think Colorado is the most dangerous team in this field. Like the the fact that Vegas, I think, escaped the possibility of playing Colorado in the second round, I think, is a huge benefit. But I do think that this is going to be a Western Conference final preview because the just the way that both teams are playing right now and the way that the goaltending is going for Vegas, that's going to carry them far. And whenever Max Pacioretty does come back, it might not be tomorrow, but they're going to get him back at least for the first round of the playoffs. If it comes to if push comes to shove and those teams are meeting in the Western Conference final, it is going to be one one heck of a matchup just because they're two completely different teams. They play two different, complete, completely different styles. And if you get it into a seven-game series, I think Vegas can find a way to overcome Colorado at some point. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but because you're going to see a completely different Vegas team than you would have seen of Colorado uh, compared from October and December to now August. Colorado is just scary. The way that their top line rolls, the way that their depth has definitely contributed to everything that they do. Uh, again, the the way that they added to their bottom six, their middle six and their bottom six, really, I think was probably the biggest set of moves of the offseason last year. I thought the way that they added Belmar, they got Kadri, they got Don, they got uh, Donskoy, they they went out and addressed the one biggest need that they did not have before losing to Pete DeBoer's Sharks in Game Seven of the second round last year, which was depth. And they've got the depth now. They've got the top line. They've got one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league right now. And they are going to be a force in the Western Conference playoffs. As for the game tomorrow, I really don't know which way it's going to go. Robin Leonard is going to be in net. You're not seeing Vegas at full strength. If Vegas was at full strength, I'd be more intrigued to see how this matchup goes. But with Max Pacioretty not being in the lineup, and you know, you hope for Vegas' sake that Pacioretty will be available for Game One of the first round. You would like you would like to hope at least, right? It's going to be interesting to see how Vegas's top line handles Colorado's top line, and I think it's going to be very interesting. This is going to be a very good test for the Vegas third line. Now, against Dallas, Wah, Tuck, Cousins, not great. They had one shot as a trio. They allowed 11. Not an ideal situation. Last night against St. Louis, they did a lot better. Now, Tuck scored his goal on the, his two goals on the power play. His other goal at five on five did not come with his line mates on the ice with him. Nosek was on the ice with him, and I think Cousins was there too. But it wasn't like the full-on third line. That third line is going to have a task to slow down the middle six of Colorado. As will the second line, but you don't really have that many concerns about the second line. They've been quiet in the, t- in the points department, but they're, they're a trio that can very much take over a game when need be. And it's not as lethal with William Carlson centering as it is to Paul Stasny, but in in some retrospects, that second line is still very good, even with Paul Stasny centering. So I'm not too concerned what the th- second line is going to do. I think from an overall game standpoint, the third line is going to have a very tall task ahead of them. And if they can stand up to them and keep this game low scoring, I think Vegas is in a good chance to win this game. And again, 
we can have the debate the whole we can have this debate until really until Sunday about how important is it going to be for the Golden Knights to have the top seed in the Western Conference. It might matter. At the end of the day, it might not. They could still make damage as the second seed and get all the way to the conference final. And if they have to play a Colorado or whoever, they're at least in a in a really good spot to go all to go all the way, no matter where they slide into this. Because especially given how these qualifying series have gone, Vegas could luck out playing some of the teams they don't want to face. And I'm talking about Minnesota. You know, they could avoid playing Nashville. They're going to avoid playing Winnipeg because Winnipeg's now knocked out due to Calgary. They are in a position right now where no matter where they slide, they're going to be the better team in that matchup. And if they can take care of business like they're expected to, they're going to get to the conference final. It's just a matter of who are they going to play. And it likely will be Colorado at this rate. But you talk about like a seven game series against St. Louis, possibly in the second round. If Dallas wins, and keep this in mind too. If Dallas were to win against St. Louis and Vegas were to lose against Colorado, say Dallas gets past whoever they play in the first round, and you get Vegas and Dallas in a seven-game series, you mean to tell me that Vegas would not be licking their chops to get Dallas for a seven-game series? I'm just saying. There are so many possibilities that you could look at if you're the Golden Knights, whether you're the top seed or you're the two seed, and things will look good in your favor. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be a track meet. There are going to be a lot of goals scored. I would highly suggest take the over. And I think if you take the over, it's going to be mostly due to Colorado. Just It's it's going to be interesting to see Colorado go against Leonard with against Vegas with Leonard in net as opposed to Flurry or as opposed to maybe Malcolm Subban. But I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, situation for the Golden Knights. And if they can win, more power to them. They get, quote-unquote, home ice advantage all the way through the rest of the playoffs. So... It'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'll be very, I'll be looking forward to seeing if the top line can do damage. But more importantly for Colorado, I'm going to be looking to see how that depth plays a role in this game. So as of right now, 10 to 12, there has been no uh, time announced, no details announced as to when the game will start. Uh, We probably won't know until probably later in the afternoon. I'm hoping it's another early start, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know. They might... Considering this is a winner-take-all game, maybe they have it as the earlier game, probably like a noon start. I would be perfectly fine with that. But Vegas, Colorado, tomorrow, winner-take-all for the Western Conference top seed, and it's I think it's going to be one ridiculous game. All right, I know this is going up a little bit later than usual, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say I hope you all are enjoying the hockey at least today. Six potential elimination games today. One of them has already gone final. The Islanders won 5-1 to one over the Panthers, so the Islanders move on to the field of 16. We already saw the Calgary Flames knock out the Winnipeg Jets last night. A rough go for the Jets, man. I, like That team is too talented. And I, and I know injuries played a huge factor going into this series, especially in games 3 and 4 against Calgary, but Man, to go from the Western Conference Final to a first-round exit at the hand of the defending champs to now getting knocked out in four games by the Flames. And I don't even know if the Flames were really that good. (laughs) It has been a rough couple years for Coach Paul Maurice and the Winnipeg Jets, and 
be very interesting to see how that team handles things going forward. But again, they got they got really banged up in the final couple of games, so I'm not going to hold it too far over their head. But it's a bit rough. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you guys have read my stuff on gaming today, you know how big of a bandwagon guy I am with the Blue Jackets. I love that team so much, and last night reaffirmed my love for that team. They go down 3 nothing. Tortorella pulls Corpusalo, puts in Elvis Merzlikens, and Pierre-Luc Dubois nearly single-handedly wins the game for the Blue Jackets all by himself. He scores the winner. He gets the hat trick. 4-3. to three. The Blue Jackets beat the Maple Leafs last night. They lead the series 2-1. to one. Game 4 is tonight. So 24 hours, 24 hours, mind you, after playing, uh, what would it be, 70... Eight minutes of hockey, they're going at it again tonight. And if I'm the Maple Leafs, I, I am a bit concerned. The, you, you, it, it, it's one thing to go up 3 nothing and then blow a lead. It's another thing entirely to be full-on Toronto and just completely choke this away. That one's going on tonight. The Canucks have a chance to knock out the Wild tonight uh, in their series as well. Uh, who else is on the docket tonight. There's so much hockey. I'm losing track of who's playing who in which in which series. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, Montreal has a chance to not, to uh, give Pittsburgh a chance at Alexi Lafreniere tonight. That that's fun as well. Uh, the Blackhawks have a chance to punch their ticket to a first round series with either the Avalanche or the Golden Knights. And the Predators and Coyotes are going on right now, and it looks like a f- similar script to Game Three. With Nashville controlling the shots right now, and Arizona only has one shot on goal, but it is scoreless right now. Uh, given how Arizona played the other night, I feel like Nashville's also in trouble. So six games tonight, one is already down. Hope you guys, hope you guys are enjoying the full fledge of hockey that is coming. Again, right now, as of this moment, we do not have a uh, time for Golden Knights Avalanche, but I'm hoping. It is an early start. If that's the case, great. Also, as it pertains to that game, I kind of mentioned this earlier, the recap for that game will be on Monday, and we will get you ready for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against whoever they might be facing in the first round. It should be a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys are looking forward to it as well. So with that being said, friends, thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing, all of that jazz. Again, follow us on Twitter, Locked on VGK, and me at Danny Webster 21 Email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is also greatly appreciated. And yeah, it's, it's about that time for the nitty-gritty. I am excited. I am ready to get ready for hockey. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. So thank you, guys. Appreciate your support as always. We will be back Monday for Golden Knights Avalanche Recap, and we will get you ready for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of Locked on Podcast Network, and I will see you next week. Have a good weekend.